0: Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with REMAX Results.
2: I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here
0: she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, Mimi Shoneman, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and licensed realtor with REMAX Results. Hello, Mimi. Good morning, bright and cheery friend. Glad to see you. I am feeling sunshiny today, and you look like you are feeling that way as well.
1: You look lovely. Thank you very you much. Got on a, a kind of a
0: a nice corally with just a hint of pink in yes, there. Yes, yes. So Beautiful. feeling a little feeling a little springish, especially today. Also, I'm sure that he also would look well in Coral. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. How you doing over there, Phil?
2: I am doing outstanding. I'd actually look great in turquoise.
0: Ah, okay. That would work as well. I got a little bit of that in my skirt, so that would work as well. Well,
1: don't forget, like we're we're all of us up here trying to get your hair a different color. So, <laughs> Mermaid hair in yeah. 2021.
0: We're going to get to that by the end of the year for Mr. Olson. Hey, Phil, can you please give everybody your NMLS number, please?
2: Not a problem. NMLS 238103, uh, company NMLS 3029 cross-country mortgage, an equal opportunity, um, BBB, Uh, compliant corporation
0: oh my gosh miss Mimi I thought about you the other day I was driving around in my neighborhood and I passed a sign that said for sale by owner and I just created I was like oh my gosh and what you should have said is bless your heart is
1: right I'm like how could you do that to yourself and try to do that uh, you know so if you guys pass for sale by owner signs and you want to make our day just text me that number and the address we'd Mm -hmm. love to talk with those folks because uh, statistics show that It's not as easy as for sale by owners typically think that it is. Right. Um, There's a lot of things that you've got to worry about. You've got to worry first and foremost about safety. Mm -hmm. And the second thing you need to worry about is uh, fair housing. Right. Um, It's really easy to accidentally discriminate. Um, if you don't know what you're doing. And then the thirdly is the paperwork. Um, It takes a lot of training to understand how to put together a really good offer. And the fact of the matter is, is if a for sale by owner puts their house on the market, they're likely to get tens of thousands of dollars more than if they were doing it themselves. Okay, so keep and that I think in that's mind. That's what you think you're doing
0: is that you're saving yourself money because you're not paying realtor fees or those type of things. When
1: really you aren't, you're not really saving yourself money or headache. Well, that is our position, and so we love to work with for sale by owners. Mm-hmm. And if anybody out there is thinking about doing it, doing it themselves, give us a call 651-578-2218. and we'd love to talk with you about. What it looks like to do it by yourself. And then if it doesn't work out, we'd love to help you. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil, um, we would want to start out talking a little bit about what's going on in the market. Um, I think that our media outlets have finally started to catch up with what we're feeling boots on the ground. Um, because now people are starting to talk about it. We're starting to see chatter on social media from just random people talking about um, when is the market going to crash? Mm-hmm. What's happening? You know, talking about these over asking price offers and and how is that possible? You know, and is it better if I just wait a year or two? Um, Phil, what are you seeing? And I'll, I'll share what I'm seeing.
2: Uh, right now, I don't. See a market crash, at least not in the near term. If we're going to see a market correction, and that's what I'd rather call it, I think that's a probably about two years out, two to three years out. Okay. Um, the big, the biggest concern that I'm seeing out there is the word inflation. The CPI index, for those that that monitor that or, or watch it, came out here this last week. That is a an inflation index and it came in much higher than what the market was expecting. Um, people were seeing costs go up, and we're seeing housing prices go up, and we're seeing builders' costs going up. And, I mean, transportation costs, it's, it's throughout the whole system. Uh, as far as the markets, though, the, the stock market, the bond market, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, um, they're all very, very well off. They're not in jeopardy of us having a market correction or a market crash like we had back in 08 or '09. But yeah, I am concerned because the market is going so fast and so hot, it's actually leaving some consumers behind. 100%.
1: Um, it is a frustrating market for sure and it's tough for everybody it's tough for sellers to even figure out okay so what should I do shouldn't I do it's tough for buyers to even figure out where you could come in at So miss Shannon when you're buying a house um, you know typically what you do is mm-hmm. you run comps for your for your buyers right and that shows you what's sold in the last you know six months three months one month we're now having to rely on as as close to the date okay. as possible within the last month so that you can see that it's relative okay. because it's really changing rapidly and our appraisers are also under a huge amount of pressure to also come up with valuations right um we're seeing consumers having to make up the difference in a, a appraisal gap um to be competitive we're seeing people do things like waive their inspection contingencies right. so Sellers are looking for the least amount of concessions as possible and the most money possible. And who is, who are the players most likely to close and give me the most money for the least amount of hassle? And this
0: has been a very interesting uh, journey because I remember talking to both you, Mimi, and Phil. When I closed on my house last May, the fact that we are in a completely different scenario and it hasn't even been a year
1: then since i closed no it's mm-hmm. almost like a, it's almost like a century has passed right. since last year um, you know just the the amount of inventory between what last last february we have stats on the mm-hmm. inventory levels were 1.7 months of inventory and now we are 0.9 right and that's uh, a year on year comparison uh, and that's half mm-hmm. so you know it's just it's mind boggling phil
2: Um, here's, here's kind of a statistic for you. We have the highest appreciation rate in the 11 county metro area this year. It is the highest it's ever, ever been in any year recorded. We're at anywhere between 10 to 15% appreciation in one year when a standard year is three to 5%.
1: I know when I first moved here, um, I was, I was shocked almost flabbergasted by how how much appreciation Minneapolis was getting. And right. it's so different from Kentucky, where I was from. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little bit reminiscent of that, because I remember our realtor saying, you know, our our perspective was, well, we want to get a deal, like every buyer's first mindset is. And she's like, she looked at us and just laughed. And I'm like, you know, she's like, that is not happening right. in 2005. And again, you know, here we are in 2021, same situation. Um, so, you know, I was just having a conversation this morning with with some a client of ours and she was saying, you know, well, do you think I should wait? Right. Um, you know, and I, I get that question a lot. And my answer is no. OK. And here's why. Um, right now, if we're half of what we were last year and interest rates are still going up and in to Phil's point, we're 10 percent appreciation year over year. What's that going to look like next year? Okay. And so, you know, it's better to kind of bear down and take the pain right now. Uh, take advantage of the interest rates. Take advantage of whatever pricing you can, and just go for it. Because if you can get a house this year, next year, this time, you're going to look like a superstar winner. Mm-hmm. And Phil, let's talk about the people that are uh, that are making over asking price uh, offers and getting those accepted, and their concerns. Of course, are you know what's going to happen to me. You know, now that I've paid more than what the right. house the house is quote unquote worth. And keep in mind that a house is worth what a willing and able buyer is able to pay. Phil?
2: Well, uh, I'm I'm still seeing a lot of craziness out there. So are you, meaning. But what I'd like to convey to our to our my talkers out there is if if you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar home and you're you're gonna pay three hundred and thirty for it, well that's about a ten percent. Well, the metro has already appreciated that ten percent, and if next year we're only at seven percent, well, that's still twenty-one thousand dollars. You're only behind nine thousand right. dollars, all right. And guess what? If you do some improvements to the home, maybe some paint, some flooring, some some minuscule stuff, you're basically at a break-even point. The fear is, uh, is if interest rates rise, which I'm predicting they're going to, all right, uh, it's just going to push that many more people out of the market to where it's going to be unaffordable for them to buy a house. So they're better off getting in while the rates are still very, very low.
1: Exactly. And, you know, so we always start off when you first meet with a consumer and they say, they tell you what your, your wish list is. It's almost like, this is what I want for Christmas. I've imagined it for all my life and this is, I'm not going to settle. So that's okay. And, and all of us start there, Mm -hmm. but if you're able to listen and maybe not be so fixed on a certain point and let's not, let's not let that be the hill that you die on. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just talk about getting something that works. Right. That's maybe not perfect. And see how you can go about building equity and then turn that into leverage right. into your next your next purchase phil we're seeing people with wealth like like no other uh people that have been able to do that to take that first starter piece of property wh- no matter what that is and then their next step it's like they're exponentially better off than they were when they began phil I've
2: got a client bought a house two years ago Used an FHA loan, put three and a half percent down. We just sold that property. They made seventy-two thousand dollars, and now they've rolled all that money into a much bigger home, twenty percent down.
0: Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk One O Seven One and streaming on mytalk talk one oh seven one dot com. Also reminding you could find this episode and previous episodes on our website. Just
1: go to mytalk talk one oh seven one dot com, keyword red hot. Okay, Phil. Um, I want you to talk about the new URLA that's soon to be introduced.
2: Uh, believe it or not, it has already has been reintroduced. It's actually in use and been in use for now about 45 days. And what is that? Mm-hmm. That is your consumer home loan application, which used to be a four-page document that's now turned into a 15-page document, thanks to the federal government.
1: Four pages to 15 pages. Correct. Good time. Sounds like applying for a Pell Grant. (laughs) What kind of
0: information can I expect to have to put on that application, Phil?
2: It is the exact same information that was on the previous uh, application. It's just been broken out into many, 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 many different categories. The numbers now that used to be centralized in one or two or three pages for us mortgage originators was really easy for us to read. Unfortunately, now the federal government, well, they've stepped in. They want to try to make this easier for the consumer to read. And unfortunately, I don't think that's the case, but I'm not going to argue with the federal government.
1: Okay. So why is the consumer reading their own application? What do you expound on that?
2: Well, they're going to see that application when we disclose the loan to them, Under RESPA, once we achieve the five major categories of a loan application, or seven, I can't remember one of the two, we have to disclose a full loan application to the consumer in a loan package, all right? And we have to do that within three business days of meeting all the requirements of a completed application. So when we send that out to the consumer, now consumers will call me and they'll say, so what's this? What's this? Why are you categorizing it? this way. And I just have to explain it to them as to why the application that was four pages long is turned into a 15-page document.
1: Okay. So you get to explain all of that, right? Correct. Okay. Is there a weight? You have to disclose your weight or height on that (laughs) application? I just want to know.
2: No, no, it's not that bad, but it's almost that bad.
1: Okay, fair enough. Because I ain't filing it out. How about you, Ms. Shannon? It's not happening. I'm, I'm doing it. It's fine. Yeah, I look smaller
0: than I am. Public, so that's public okay. information. That one, like, you
1: can, I'll tell you. We saw it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. good. Okay. All right. So in all seriousness, we're going to talk now about <laughs> some of the bad assumptions that buyers right. make right. in their in their thought process that maybe in the beginning will not do them many favors. Um, one of the first things is trying to buy a house, more house than you think you can afford. Phil, you want to, you know, let's talk about what we see when buyers tell us these things.
2: Well, I'm going I'm to relate it to a story. And I have a previous client whose loan qualified, believe it or not, as a conventional at 49 over 49% debt-to-income ratio. And the question I had for the consumer based on their income, based on their debts, and based on what they wanted to buy, and I'll give you my professional opinion. They should have bought a $300,000 home. But no, this consumer wants a $430,000 home. And my question is, how are you going to afford it? You know, client has limited income. Mortgage payment was twenty one hundred dollars a month. You add an additional five hundred or six hundred for utilities. You're at twenty six, twenty seven hundred dollars a month.
0: Right.
2: And yet, and yet the consumer has a whole nine hundred dollars left over net income.
1: Okay. Let's. But yeah. But yet talk The about loan that. approves. Right. The, the loan lo-
2: approves. The loan approves. Why? It it isn't a. It's an approvable loan through Fannie Mae under their Home Ready and Home Possible program.
1: Okay, so let's talk about this. So why do you? Let's just all three of us really sincerely think about this. Mm -hmm. Half of your income or more for your house, right? You can't eat that wood. No, you know. But you can grow your vegetables in the backyard. Right. And you have to now. Yes.
0: And I do think that you, sometimes you go, well, I'll, I need to get this house. This is the one that I, the expectation, or this is the one I could find that makes sense, quote unquote, in sense for me and my family. We need all these things. I tell you what, maybe it is. you don't
1: need it, but you do. You know, here it is. It's, it, it's one word, five letters, pride. Mm-hmm. It is. Let's just cut it down to what it is. You know. There is so much pride in people's home and what they think other people think of them and where they actually pull their car out of the driveway that don't use your beginner house for pride. Right. Use it for housing. Use it to put your head to bed. Mm -hmm. That's what it needs to be. And when you've got your loan officer questioning you, that should be your first red sign. Phil saying, what are you going to do for groceries? Right. And he's like. Mm-hmm. Or if something breaks, you know, the very first thing, something breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, when I bought my first house, I swear to you, it was like it was almost karma. Yeah. Water heater out. Boom. Within the first month mm-hmm. floods, the whole basement carpet's got to come up. Why'd that happen? Right. Well, Because I for, I didn't know that you needed to watch the drain outside that door and fall happen. Leaves got right. and then there you go and you're out of town for one day. And your whole basement's
0: flooded. I think you also, if you lived, if you grew up in a certain scenario, you're going. Well, this is what I'm. Su- quote, I'm supposed to have. Yes. So you don't understand about building those whole things. Yes, Phil.
2: Oh, here's one of the things. You know, you guys have known me for a long time, and when I work with clients, I try to bring all the experience and the bad situations that I've seen people put themselves into, I try to bring that to the forefront because I truly care about the client. You know, ultimately, if the client says, Phil, I want to move forward, I have an obligation legally to do that loan. Right. At the same point in time, at the same point in time, I try to ask my client specific questions to get them to think. And and the last thing I always try to... Bring up to people is you know the the cliche stuff happens. Right. What what happens when stuff happens and we have no money?
1: Mm-hmm. You know that brings up a, a something. You know because of the the price pressure that we're under right now. Right. People are having to go further and further outside of where they normally would commute, and oftentimes we'll have people say, "I only want to be." 20 20 minutes 20 miles seems to to come up often or 30 minutes 30 miles right that that those are two terms that I, i hear people say frequently and if if you put yourself in a pigeonhole just like that and that's fine if that really is the criteria but are you able to open up your mind and think about other opportunities um for instance i I think that, you know, it was a time where Wisconsin was a hidden gem. Right. But, you know, it's been discovered now. Yes. So, but still, if you're able to go outside of your normal comfort zone, what can you get in a different area? For instance, Phil, and when we come back from the break, let's talk about USDA loans. And going outside of your comfort zone and getting into a different area, maybe that would be the perfect match for you for your for your next move, doesn't have to be your forever move, but let's talk about getting people into housing while we're still able to. Right. You can also call in with your questions. We have our
0: resources, Phil and Mimi, t- today for you. Just call the Red Hot Real Estate Show at 651-641-1071. When we get back, we're going to give you some more things and those bad assumptions. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Also reminding you, you, can get this episode and previous episodes. Go to our website, Re- MyTalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot. I'm here with Phil Olson from Cross Country. Mortgage and Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. We've been talking about those bad assumptions that you make, especially oh. in this market. Yes. You know, we want to try and make sure that you make wise decisions, but also a decision that's going to get you what's going to set yourself up properly for the future.
1: 100%. Well, Phil's got a, a really good story for us to kick off this segment. Phil?
2: All right. It's called the do- divorce buyout. I have a client who calls me, says through the divorce, they owe their ex-spouse sixty thousand dollars. They contacted a, another institution. That institution told them, yes, they could do it at three point six two five as a cash out refinance. Believe it or not, I'm not doing. A, I didn't do a cash out refinance. I did a rate and term. How did I solve the problem? I partnered with the lawyer got a document from the lawyer that basically made that $60,000 a marital lien against the property. Now that we have a secondary lien against the property, and it's a marital lien, it's not a cash out. It is a buyout. And because I did it that way, I was able to save the client a full half a percent interest rate on a 30-year fix. And oh, by the way, my staff and I, we closed it in 11 days from cradle to grave, no appraisal required.
1: Why no appraisal?
2: Because Fannie Mae granted an appraisal waiver based on the fact that their system acknowledged that the value of the property was authentic.
1: Okay. Well, so that's quite a lot to unbutton there. Right. Um, Let's start with the difference between the rate and term versus a cash out refi. Can you kind of... Dummy it down for me.
2: Anytime you're going to take cash out of the property that doesn't have to do when the first mortgage was initiated based on the date, that becomes a cash out. But because a marital lien is considered as a part of the first mortgage, you combine the two, a first and a second mortgage that was taken out simultaneously. Because they were married at the time when they bought the house, there's a small little restriction and there's a small little area within Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that says if you structure the loan this way, it can close as a rate and term.
1: And that was better for the consumer because the rate was better?
2: The rate was better by a full half a percentage and Their mortgage amount was almost $400,000 saving her $125 a month in payment.
1: Okay, well that's that's a huge win. So uh, again, you know, we do work with a lot of folks that are facing divorce and separation and if you have questions about anything to do with that, we also welcome you to reach out to us first or in tandem with your uh, your family law attorney, so that we can work together as a group. And you can reach us, 651-578-2218. You can text DIVORCE to that number, and we'll know to reach out to you for that purpose. Right, because it does seem,
0: it's already a complex scenario, so it's good to have another person go, as you were planning
1: ahead, here's how this actually works. Well, did you hear him say he yeah. worked in partner with the attorney? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. He worked in partnership with yeah. the attorney.
2: My 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 first call was to the attorney explaining what I wanted to do.
1: Right. And
2: now that, now that attorney is saying, oh, my gosh, I've worked with so many mortgage people before. I've never, ever heard of this being done. And since that time, she's already referred me to other clients.
1: Awesome. Awesome. We like helping people. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the bad assumptions we see that buyers are making out there. And one of the things we we see is credit issues and maybe being a little reckless with that. Right. So what are you seeing on the mortgage side?
2: Um, Being careless with credit. Uh, Every consultation I have with a client, I tell them we're starting down the mortgage path. I want you to keep your life quiet. Mm -hmm. That means I don't want you to do anything. But unfortunately people think, well, if I make this charge or I take out this credit card, It's not going to hurt me. Unfortunately, all too often, it does cause issues. All right. right? And the issues that I see that it causes, one, you have an additional inquiry on credit. Now you have to to talk, speak about that. Mm -hmm. Next, it can affect your debt to income ratio. It can reduce your purchasing power. It can also cause, let's say you have a credit score that's 701. Well, guess what? You take out a new credit card and your credit score now drops to a 695. You now drop into a different pricing bucket for your for your interest rate. So being careless with credit could be as simple as the consumer thinks, well, I'm going to pay off all my debt. And by paying off all my debt, I'm in a better financial position. Not necessarily correct. It could actually cause your scores to plummet.
1: Yeah. And I tell all of my buyers when we're having our buyer consultation, I'm like, you know, for for now, from mm-hmm. now until you close, close your eyes. Don't do anything. Don't look at anything. Yeah. No Mother's Day sales. No, you know, fourth of July buy all your furniture and think you can just have it all delivered on the the day you close. Don't take on another job. Don't do anything different without running it past your mortgage expert first. Because you have a chance of blowing up your deal. And we've seen, Phil, I I mean, thankfully, I've seen, you know, people almost blow up their deal. But I've really, and I'm going to knock on wood. Where's the wood around here? Um, (laughs) But I know you've seen people that have actually blown up their deal and not be able to close on a house. And that's a sad day. Phil?
2: I just had a client, okay, uh, husband and wife, felt bad for their daughter. Daughter couldn't qualify for student loans. Uh, daughter going to a high-end university, they co-signed for $150,000 on their daughter's student loans, and guess what? They no longer qualify for their $400,000 house, and they said, Phil, we wish we would have called you first. Right. We wish we would have done it different. There's an example where where people aren't thinking or they're thinking about their kids, but they're not asking the question, how is this going to affect my ability to buy a house
1: and so you know the sad thing is and correct me if I'm wrong student loans when you cosign on that you're there forever right you're there to the end
2: you are there for the end and I had to hit their debt to income ratio one full percentage point on 150 thousand which was a hundred which was fifteen hundred dollars more and their their purchasing power went from 400 all the way down to 225
1: Okay, <sighs> that breaks my heart right there. Yes. Not even going to lie to you. Um, so what are these these folks going to do? So now that they, $150,000, that's like a house. Okay, so how, how does that work? They're going to have that on their credit until the daughter pays that off or what?
2: They're going to be on that liability until either the daughter can refinance it into her name. But guess what? She's only one year into her education, and that means that's three, four, five, six years down the road. And then it comes down to how long is it going to take her to establish an income to where she can go back to the student loan companies and refinance this directly into her name?
1: Okay, so we're talking so long haul.
2: They're stuck. They're stuck. And so Long haul.
1: Okay, so what were they trying to do? They were trying to upsize, downsize? You know, where were they going with their with their housing?
2: They were upsizing. They needed more room and they wanted a couple acres of land over in western Wisconsin.
1: Okie dokie. Well, you know, it's not the end of the world. They're not homeless. They, you know, choices. It's all about choices. Right. And helping out people that you can help out. And I know they feel good about that. Um, but but it is something that you want to really explore when you're thinking about what's your life going to look like? You know, It you know, you do want to help people in your world. Right. Um, Especially your family. But what what is that helping going to do? You know, is that going to to you? You know, what happens if I get in a wheelchair and I can't now live in my own house right. and I've got to do something about that? But I can't. Because now my my income, my credit is wrong. Um, So we we encourage all of our listeners to please, please seek out expert help before you make these these decisions. Right, because some of it is also counterintuitive where
0: you think something is going to help or... You you think you're making a wise decision, and then it turns out that when you talk to someone like Phil, they go, "No, this really is going to impact it differently."
1: Well, you think about it. I don't know how this this young person was, but you know the the bracket of a, a college student is nineteen to what twenty three ish. You're freaking out. Hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt. You absolutely freaking out. I, I right. mean, I can only imagine. Um, Phil, well, let's talk about the next thing that folks are maybe making assumptions about, and that is spending all that you've got, draining all of your savings. Um, we have lots of conversations with folks about money, mm-hmm. really serious conversations, and money is so uncomfortable for people to talk about, but you have to talk about it. You know, I ask people every single, every single client I'm working with, what's your available cash position? And a lot of times when they don't know you yet, they're like, well, what's any of your business? Right. Well, I'm trying to watch out for you. You know, I'm trying to make sure that you don't turn over the turnip truck. Yeah. Phil?
2: I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, there's, there's this assumption, everybody has this assumption that you have to put 20% down. That's not correct. You know, I would rather see a client put 10% down. Maybe their payment is a little bit higher, maybe yes, they 're paying mortgage insurance, but that they have excellent credit, mortgage insurance is cheap mm-hmm. but instead of them taking their sixty thousand and that 's all they 've got, dumping it into a house, they put thirty thousand dollars down. now they have thirty thousand dollars in the bank, and when the lightning strikes the roof, yeah you can cover the, you can cover the deductible, and when the transmission goes out. You can pay that five thousand dollars to get the transmission fixed, mm-hmm. but there's some people. There's some people and some consumers are so fixated that they want to put everything they've got, or they want to try driving down their payment. Um, I just had a conversation with a client here this last Thursday, and he was saying he wanted his payment at nineteen hundred, but the numbers were coming out at. At basically $2,050. But the good news is, is I convinced him not to put 20% down, to put 10% down. He had $30,000 in the bank. And I said, now every month you draw an additional $150 out of savings. Over a period of two years, that's $3,600. You still have $26,000 in the bank. And guess what? Over the next two years, is your income going to increase? The client says, oh, my gosh, Phil, I never thought about it that way. That makes a lot more sense that I draw off my savings to help help me make my mortgage payment. But over time, his income should increase.
1: Okay. Well, I think, Phil, when we come back from the, the break, I'd like for us to talk a little bit about some of the financial gurus that folks listen to online that perhaps uh, – we might have a difference of opinion about all right you can also be part of the show call us at
0: 651-641-1071 we'll be right back with the red hot real estate show welcome back to the red hot real estate show here on my talk 1071 i'm and here with mimi shoneman from remax results and the red hot real estate group also phil olson from cross country mortgage
1: you know i'm just gonna say i love that song oh yeah i love, love that song mm-hmm. that's a good one <laughs> okay um phil Let's talk about some of the financial gurus that folks listen to on, online that maybe perhaps say that you should only get a 15-year mortgage and you should only do this, that, and the other thing. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Here's here's my thoughts. My thoughts are is a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage is an outstanding mortgage vehicle for the right client. Is it the right client for somebody that's, a first-time homeowner trying to establish their career? No, it's not. Keep in mind a, a good piece of investment is is building out a portfolio, meaning you have multiple streams moving finances into multiple areas. And if you go to a 15 year fixed and now you're not able to, you know, save money, you're not able to put money in your 401k and get that uh, match by your employer. I think you're really hurting yourself. I think a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage is great for those that are established in their career. Mm-hmm. They've, they're, they're maybe a, no longer a first-time home buyer. They're now a move-up buyer. They have discretionary income left over at the end of the month. They're able to vacation and do the things that they want to do without becoming a prisoner to the home. But the worst thing a consumer can do, in my opinion, is leveraging yourself to the absolute max. To buy a
1: house, you know, it's a
2: mistake.
1: I, I think fifteen-year fixed. Um, when you can do that, you can get a thirty-year mortgage, and you can make the payment. You, you can pay the extra towards your principal and have the same thing as a fifteen-year year fixed. But it gives yourself the cushion that if something goes wrong, you've still got that lower payment. And you know, with interest rates right now, you you know, it, yeah, there's a difference between a fifteen and a thirty. W- what were the rates last week for that? Ish. It's
2: about a half a percent. It's about a half a percent difference, meaning 2.625 on a 15 compared to 3 and an eighth on a 30.
1: 3 and an eighth. Okay. So that's half. That's more than half of what my first mortgage was. I think I had 7 and a quarter mm-hmm. and thrilled to get it. <laughs> thrilled to get it because it had been in the nines. Um, so we're talking about little things. Don't let the little things keep you from the big things. Um, you know, you've just got to to look at what's happening in this market and know that we all got to lay our head down somewhere right? and it's better to get into a house right now, use that as leverage to get to your next place. And if getting in with a 30 year goes against what some of your, your gurus say, we ask you to take a moment and pause and think about it yourself. Think about it yourself, your common sense. are. How's your rent been lately, right? What's it been doing over the last few years? You have any control over that? You know, do are you able to plant your garden in the backyard? Are you able to have your dog? Are you able to paint orange in your kitchen because you love it? Mm-hmm. Um all of these things are are beautiful reasons, and that leads really well into the emotional part of buying a house. Um, Phil, what are you seeing, folks? You know, I know you see so many people and as do I, they make emotional decisions about a financial deal. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you are not married to this thing until you've got the deed in your hand at the closing table. You don't marry it. You're not engaged to it. You do not fall in love with this house until it's yours. Phil?
2: My My mind thinks like a business, okay? And that's the way I've conducted my business with my clients is once you put emotion into play, it's hard to stop the wheel from okay. moving forward, meaning sometimes that wheel can start spinning so fast because the emotions are so high and they want this so bad. Uh, ultimately, though, is it affordable? What is it going to do to your family? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to live the same lifestyle? Uh, These are the questions that I will ask a client. I will ask them, tell me about some of your spending habits. What are the things that you like to do in life? And ultimately, I turn it back on the consumer as choices. We have choices. What are the choices that you want in life? 100%. Now, for for some people, they're extremely frugal. And guess what? They live a frugal life, which is outstanding, and they can afford more because they don't have these aspirations of what the rest of their life is going to look like. To include that trip to Cabo three times a year and going to Vegas two times a year, sometimes those are choices. 100%
1: those are choices. Same as going out to dinner every, you know, two times a week, that sort of thing. We're not hating, not judging, you know, but but those are really things that if you, if you sit back and you look, how bad do you want it? Right. What are you willing to do for it? Um, and you know, I also see folks that will say they want to go, you know, out. I do want you to think about your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's beautiful. But if you will go out, what's that going to do to your car? Can you commute on a bus? Is there a train anywhere near? Or, you know, you got two hours maybe, two hours of your life. Right. You're never going to get that back. So is that important? It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I'll take you where you want to go. Right. But does it matter to you? And and maybe you, you want to have a family or what have you, or you've got to go get your kids across town. These are all things that we want you to think about. We also want you to think about your five-year vision when you're right. talking about your emotions. Um, you know, if you're young enough and you're listening, and I know that our demographic goes for a pretty broad range, but if you're young enough, you understand that your life changes very much every 10 years. It does. Mm-hmm. And you're very different in each decade. And so your needs are different. And so your house is, is going to be different. So, you know, for instance, as an example, that one bedroom condo or maybe even an an efficiency condo. That will maybe be perfect for you, but in two years, will it? Right. Will it? Like, it, I had one friend that was like
0: looking at properties next to her favorite coffee shop. I'm like, are you gonna live at the coffee shop or in this house? Like, where are you
1: going to spend most of your time? And make your own coffee. Right. That will save you about $300 a month. So, there you go. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, gave, I I tell you what, I grew in riches when I gave up Diet Coke. Fair <laughs> you, enough. I had an addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diet Coke. It was bad. <laughs> yes. Spent a fortune on it. Spent mm-hmm. a fortune on it. And um, you can save a lot of money like that, right, right. Phil? Exactly. You know what? That's what I want. That's, what, that's who I want, our listener. I want you, the Diet Coke addict, to call us. Right. And we want to put you in a house from your Diet Coke savings. Right. We're going to cure you and get you a house. Exactly. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, Phil, you got another good story for us?
2: I sure do. I'm going to call it the save of the month, and this is kind of a wild one here. I have a client calls me to purchase a home for $400,000. we are using an FHA loan. The loan looks great. Client finds a home, makes an offer. We get an offer accepted. We're within 15 days of closing, and all of a sudden on my screen, I get a UDM report. What is a UDM report? That is a report that says the consumer's credit has changed. To find out, we pull up the report current mortgage company has now reported on the credit bureaus on all three that they are behind on their mortgage by 60 days. Uh Uh-oh, not good. That's an automatic denial. I immediately partner with the borrower, tell her what I'm seeing. We find out it's an error. She then has to argue with her bank, myself, for the next 3 to 4 weeks before we got it all removed we then had to do three rapid rescores to get the scores back because the scores plummeted 70 points wow we then had to let the sellers know we have a delay in closing not due to my fault this is this has to do with her current bank reporting erroneously on credit that the mortgage was behind by 60 days <coughs> But here's the great news. The loan closed Friday. The client is ecstatic. Mm -hmm. We got it all resolved. But I literally spent with this client well over 100 hours trying to get this resolved.
1: You did not? Wow. (laughs) 100 hours. Yes, I did. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Well, so... This was great. We didn't even get cover half of the things we wanted right. to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we encourage all of our listeners to reach out to us during the week. You can reach me by texting or calling 651-578-2218. Mimi at com. And Phil?
2: Call me at 651-238-6748. Or you can email me at phil at Paul phil.
0: right we'll have to give some more great information like this next time we have you on the show we also want to remind everybody you can get
2: paying bills on time not maxing out credit cards yes give yourself credit you can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit level up your credit knowledge at fanniemay.com credit education